Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, people, here we are again with another episode of What's New in History. Remember, if people ask you what's new, you say what's new in history. That's what's new. A new podcast by Bernie from Fan of History. All right, so what do we have today? This is a pretty cool story. I've been going through this for a while. So I'm just going to wing it and give it to you guys how I see it. Okay, so Israeli archaeologists found a 3,700-year-old comb, which dates makes that date from around 1700 BC. And this comes from an AP story. They found it at Tel Lakish, which I'll tell you a little more about later. It's made of ivory, so the ivory trade was obviously not illegal in those days. And seeing how there was no elephants in the Levant in those days, we can be pretty sure it came from Egypt and probably, you know, from ways uh, further south in Africa, trade routes through Egypt up into the Levant. So I always use that word, the Levant. The Levant is basically what is today Israel, Lebanon, and southern Syria. Uh, basically the eastern Mediterranean area, and Egypt is to the south of there. All right, so what's so special about this comb? Maybe was it King Solomon's comb that he used to look all handsome for his 1,000 wives and concubines? No, it wasn't, and that's because King Solomon is about as real as King Arthur, in my opinion. And even if he were a real guy... He was around much later than this anyway. Like he's from 1,900-ish BC. So this comb is, you know, almost a 1,000 years older than he would be, would have been. So it's ancient. And it's not a regular comb. So I'm going to tell you more about this. I'm, I'm getting there, I promise. So they actually found this comb in 2016, but we can still consider it something new in history because just recently they found something else on the comb. Because you see, archaeologists have been digging up stuff in Lachish for a long time. There's tons of stuff in Lachish. They just find things and, you know, people, different 
um, types of archaeologists, different types of scholars, you know, file them. They come back and study them, things like that. And the reason they've been digging stuff up in Lachish for a long time is because the city was destroyed around 700 BC by the Assyrians, and it's still in ruins. And fan of history listeners will know that it was our old friend Sennacherib that demolished it on his way to Jerusalem, which is only about 25 miles away. If my man Stan is listening, he says I sound like I'm saying snack ribs. So it's Sennacherib. He was an Assyrian king. So if you go there today, the siege ramp that they built is still there, but no city. So And then they did all kinds of nasty Assyrian stuff to the population, like impaling people, flaying the leaders, flaying meaning, you know, pinning them down and peeling their skin off, deporting all the citizens, just, you know, basic standard Syrian stuff. But if you want to learn more about that, you can check out all this is in the Bible. It's true. It's in the Bible. Or it was my great honor to help another podcaster, Daniele Bellelli, of History on Fire, with research on his episode on the Siege of Jerusalem, which is when um, Lachish got smashed. And you can find that on the Fan of History feed. It's a bonus episode from March 17, 2022. That's between regular episodes 141 and 142. And there's another awesome podcaster named Dan, Dan the Legend Horning, who covered it in episode 92, the destruction of Sennacherib. It's called that because after Lachish, according to the Bible, he went on to take out Jerusalem, but was um, basically smacked down when Yahweh sent the angel of death to wipe out his army. So something happened there. But honestly, if you like history and you don't know much about the story, you should definitely do yourself a favor and check it out. I mean, like if it weren't for that crazy angel or whatever happened there, if Jerusalem was destroyed in 701 B.C. after Lachish, there'd probably be no Judaism, no Christianity, and no Islam today. So, yeah, it's definitely a big deal. All right, moving along, or as Daniele Bellelli would say, in any case. So, under this pile of rubble, these archaeologists found this ivory comb, and it's dated to about 1700 D- B.C. It's like, talk about finding a needle in a haystack, right? So... Honestly, these archaeologists are amazing to me. So let's tip a glass to them and all the crazy bastards that dig in dirt so guys like me can have a history podcast so people like you can listen. So what's so special about this comb? So like I said, they found it in 2016, but then this year, 2022, a parasitologist and archaeologist at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, whose name I will never pronounce, put the comb under a microscope She said, I concentrated on the teeth and not on anything else. I had beautiful pictures under the microscope. But she also took pictures of the whole comb with her iPhone, and when she zoomed in, she saw an engraving. So they pass it around to some other scholars, experts in writing and such and such, and um, guess what was written on it? This comb belongs to Abraham. No. (laughs) Sorry, some people would love that. That would be about the time if there was such a person, but no. All right, I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you why it's a big deal. So here's what it says. May this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. I'll say it again. May this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. Yep, 
It's a lice comb. People kind of laugh when you tell them what the inscription actually says, said Michael Hazel, an archaeologist at Southern Adventist University in Tennessee who was involved in the discovery of the comb. And honestly, to me, it looks pretty much just like the lice combs you'd get in a Nix lice removal kits. Um, if any of you had to deal with lice on your kids or yourself, you know just what I'm talking about. And people actually have been dealing with lice since pretty much there were people. Like, since we diverged from the chimpanzees, there, there's been the same kind of lice to chomp on us, on human flesh, have been around since then. They're like, you know, 1.6 million years old. So those lousy bastards have been around for a long time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dad joke, right? Okay. Actually, the oldest physical evidence of headlights on a human was a knit found in the hair of a 10,000-year-old body at an archaeological site in Brazil. And if you didn't know, a nit is a lice egg, if you're lucky enough not to know. And, of course, that's where the expression nitpicking comes from. Intact nits have actually been found on the heads of the mummified remains of ancient Romans and Egyptians. I mean, they've confused doctors and philosophers from Aristotle to Louis Pasteur, I shouldn't say confused, more like vexed, because they're so small and they're so hard to get rid of. So lice combs have even been found in the tombs of Egyptian kings, and Cleopatra was said to have solid gold lice combs buried with her. You know, as a sidebar, there could be another... They they seem to have um, found a tomb in Egypt that they think might be Cleopatra's, and if it turns out that it was and there was lice combs in it, I'll do an episode. But So we basically, it wasn't considered like a social bad thing to deal with head lice in ancient times. It was just something people dealt with. And I guess they wanted to have their lice combs in the next world. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking, I would hope there was no lice in heaven. What do I know? 
So, okay, why is this discovery a big deal? It's just a lice comb, right? All right, I'm going to tell you. But I have to plug our sponsor. You know our sponsor, Marduk's Mattress Emporium. That's right. As you know, as I always say, as they say, their mattresses are virtually free of lice and any kind of stinging insect. In fact, if you get lice from one of their mattresses, I'd check whoever you're sharing the bed with, if you know what I mean. Especially their newest mattresses. These are stuffed with the feathers from the sacred ibis of Egypt, basically lice-free and blessed by the gods of Egypt and Mesopotamia. These mattresses, this particular feather-stuffed mattress, they are really only for the most discerning and prosperous of customers. But well worth it, though. So remember, if you want to make love like a god, you definitely need to check out Marduk's Mattress Emporium. Stores all over Mesopotamia, Egypt, Anatolia, and soon to be expanding into the Iranian plateau to serve the newly prosperous Medes. No more sleeping on the floor for those guys. So, yep, check them out. I have a feeling they're going to be getting stores in Persia soon, too. All right, back to our narrative here. So the reason this is a big deal is that the text of 17 letters is likely the oldest known full sentence in the ancient Canaanite alphabetical script. And I'm going to tell you why that's a big deal, too. Um, it's actually, it's called Proto-Sinetic Script. Remember what it said, may the tusk, this tusk, root out the lice of the hair and beard. Uh, from the article, the lead, re- the lead researcher, university archaeologist Josef Garfinkel told the Associated Press that while many artifacts with the Canaanite script have been found over the years, this is the first complete sentence to ever be discovered. Garfinkel said previous findings of just a few letters, maybe a word here and there, did not leave room for much further research on it. We didn't have enough material, he said. He also added, it's a very human text. It shows us that people didn't really change and lice didn't really change. But about this language and this script, we're going to talk about a little bit here. So the Canaanites, they spoke an ancient Semitic language, which is related to you know modern Hebrew, Arabic, Aramaic. They lived, like I said, in the Levant, the lands along the Eastern Mediterranean Sea. And these guys, these people, are believed to have developed the first known alphabetic system of writing. Again, from the article. Finding a complete sentence would further indicate that Canaanites stood out among early civilizations in their use of the written word. It shows that even in the most ancient phase, there were full sentences, Garfinkel added. So he said that experts dated the script to 1700 BC by comparing it to the archaic Canaanite alphabet that they found in um, Egypt's Sinai Desert, dating between 1900 and 1700 BC. So this comb is from like right in the origins of this, this language. So then he says, I really think this is the most important object ever found in my excavations. Let's unpack it a little. So why is a lice comb about the size? This lice comb was about the size of a child's thumb. It was encrusted in dirt. It was originally stuffed in a bag of bones back in 2016. And he says this is the most important find from all of his ex- excavations. And this, because it's the only thing he ever excavated. No, kidding. Aliens, Atlantis. No, no, no. These guys are pros, okay? So why is this such a big deal? 
Experts say it's because experts say the discovery shines a new light on some of humanity's earliest use of the Canaanite alphabet invented around 1800 B.C. And as a layperson, I agree with them, and I'll try to tell you why you should agree with them. So this first alphabet, you could consider like the mother or maybe the grandmother of what became known as the Phoenician alphabet, which then the Greeks used to make their alphabet, and then in turn the Romans used to make their alphabet, which is the alphabet most of you listening to this now use today. And if you're listening in English, which you are, that's the alphabet it's written in. That's what I'm... That's what my script is written in, the same alphabet that was, you know, based origins way back in the same alphabet that was on this comb, right? So even the Arabic alphabet, the Cyrillic alphabet, Greek, Russian, that kind of thing, all these alphabets all have their origins in um, this original Canaanite script that was found in this lice comb. And like, so what's the big deal about alphabets, Right. They've been around, hasn't have an alphabet's been around? Because like, maybe you know, maybe you don't. But writing was invented around 3200 BC, and this discovery is from 1700 BC. So, the big deal is that the first writing systems were from 3200 BC. They're like 1500 years older than this one, and they were not alphabets. Those were systems with like hundreds of symbols. So for 1,500 years, there was humans had writing, but no symbols. No alphabets, I'm sorry. So there was a couple ones. The Sumerians in Mesopotamia, which is you know modern-day Iraq, they used cuneiform, which is a series of wedges pressed into clay. And it takes years of learning to master it. It's not like learning your ABCs, right? And then the Egyptians, they also invented writing around the same time. And their system was hieroglyphics, which is very pictorial. And so you'd have like be able to draw pictures of birds and people, and there were 700 small drawings that represented objects, animals, and concept. So it's much more complicated than an alphabet. So basically it was like these kind of – these other writing systems, they're like – they're more like a syllable. You kind of – you could put words together in two different ways. You know, it's sort of like a puzzle. If you ever played one of those puzzles, any of my Nipah peeps would know if you ever drank lion's head beer and they have these little puzzles under the caps. Like, for example, you could have like a pear or something, like a pear, you know, the fruit, and then a picture of dice, and that would be like paradise, right? You could literally like make words up with different ways. You know, and so it could be very complicated. You know, we have 700 symbols in Egyptian, and I believe in cuneiform there was like 200 and some different symbols. So, and obviously, you know, if, if you're using our Latin alphabet, you know, we have 26 letters, right? So, so these Canaanites, these were the people who lived in what is today Israel, Lebanon, and southern Syria, the Levant, like I keep saying. And you, you may have even heard about them in the Bible when the Hebrews came out of Africa. I'm sorry, they didn't come out of Africa. Well, they did, but they came out of Egypt, right, and massacred all the, all the Canaanites. But take my word for it. Their demise is greatly exaggerated because the Hebrews are Canaanites. In fact, that story comes from the destruction of Lachish, if you really want to know. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, the Hebrews are Canaanites. And the Canaanites, they moved back and forth from Egypt in these times. In fact, a group of Canaanites were called the Hyksos. They actually ruled northern Egypt for a while, right around this time. And there were some, in the Sinai Desert there between Egypt and Israel, 
there was some mines and said these these this writing may have come from around this area and from these miners. So because they were exposed to these Egyptian hieroglyphics and some pretty smart person, and I'll bet you it was one person's idea at first. Could have been a man, could have been a woman. You could probably make up make a story, a TV show about it. It'd be a Disney cartoon. Came up with some a simplified system. You know, instead of a full, so the way it is, instead of a full sound or a concept, the alphabet just used the first sound of the word, like how we know how an alphabet is, right? The letter S sounds like S. The letter S doesn't sound like seer, something like that, one syllable. Or pear, it would just be a P. And this is the first time a full sentence in this writing system, which is probably the first alphabet ever done, that all alphabets have since come from has been found. On a lights comb, but yeah, it's a big deal. Again, like I said, it's called proto-synatic because that's where it came from. And the Sinai Desert that they think, for, they think you know, is where it was found. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I have another cool fact for you. You could use this to impress your friends. The letter, so like I was saying how it works with symbols and things. So the letter A was originally the symbol of an ox. For the Canaanite word alf, which means ox. And so it was like actually a kind of a head with a little couple of horns on it. But then to make it easier, it was just like the letter A on its side. So you have the two, you know, the bottom of the, the legs of the, of the letter A sticking up. And it kind of looked like a, like a, like an ox, like a two-horned, you know, ox. And then eventually they turned it upside down and it looks like the A like you used to know. And a lot of letters, most of the letters actually do have something in that. So like you you use the, use the letter A, that comes from, you know, a picture of an ox from 1700 BC, 3,700 3, years ago. I, I mean, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll put some links so you can see what I mean. Hopefully I could put some links in here. You'll see what I'm talking about. So another cool little fact while we're talking about the writing system, the system used on our comb and the ones that would follow the he- in Hebrew and, and the Phoenicians, um, they didn't have vowels. You had to figure out this vowel sound by the context, kind of like texting or like texting back when there was, you know, flip phones. That's why texting has all those abbreviations. You had to abbreviate everything. And like, so for example, the Hebrew word for Yahweh is really just Y H. W-H. So we don't really even know for sure if it was pronounced Yahweh. Some scholars think it might have been Yahoo, but most of us go with Yahweh. So we're not going to call him Yahoo. We'll just go with Yahweh too. So then it was the Greeks who took that Phoenician alphabet, added vowels to it, which is another huge improvement to writing. And they did this sometime maybe around 1900 BC. So when the Greeks took this alphabet show on the road, Along with the Phoenicians around this time, they were all colonizing all over the world. The Phoenicians, the Phoenicians are from cities that are in what would be Lebanon today. They're also Canaanites, um, but the Greeks called them Phoenicians. That's a whole other story. But this was like kind of the 
like the invention of the printing press or the internet, because these guys were going all over. The Phoenicians are going all over the Mediterranean. The Greeks are going over the Mediterranean. They're going over to the Black Sea. They're in Turkey. They're in the, what's today's Ukraine, all over Europe. And they're using this much easier writing system. I mean, like I said, it's a lot harder to learn 700 complicated symbols than it is to learn, you know, 20 letters. I mean, we learn our ABCs when we're kids. So a lot more people could be literate. So you could have a lot more writing. You could keep records. You could teach people things. You could have, you know, even have literature. So it was a big deal. So just a little bit finishing up the story, there's a little controversy in the the dig here. So our Lachish comb was found in a much later archaeological context, and carbon dating failed to determine its exact age. So archaeological context means, let's just say they found this uh, comb, and it was in the same area of a level with a pot, and we know that this particular pot is definitely from, you know, 1000 BC, for example, but the comb was found with it. So it's this other archaeologist, his name is, I'll quote from the article, Austrian archaeologist Felix Hoffelmayer, an expert on the period who was not part of the publication, said this method of dating was not definitive. Quote, there are just not enough securely dated early alphabetical inscriptions currently known, he said. Nonetheless, he added the discovery was highly significant and will help solidify Tel Lachish as a center of the early alphabet development. Seventeen letters preserved on a single object is definitely remarkable, Hoffelmayer said. Hmm. I'm not sure I agree with him. I mean, the, the writing style, the writing system is the old system. We know what the letters look like. Apparently, the authors of the report didn't like that either because they attacked him with scissors. But he only suffered a few minor flesh wounds. He fought them off with his hardcover version of Herodotus histories. All us nerds have that, the nerd history people anyway. All right, so enough of that silliness. So just some final words on this discovery, some more quotes from the news article. While the discovering and deciphering of the inscription amounts to a significant archaeological advance in the study of the alphabet, None of the researchers claim that this finding blows open the doors to the field. In fact, there are many new questions to ask. There were no elephants in Canaan. So where was the ivory comb inscribed? Who inscribed it? What purpose did the inscription serve? Dr. Garfinkel said that finding the comb with a plea against lice was like finding a plate that says, put food on this plate. It's simple, functional, and reflective in some ways of our nature. It's something very human, he said. What were you expecting? A love song? A recipe to make pizza? Hmm. Nope, we got a lice comb. But that's our story. That's our latest What's New in History. I thank you guys for listening. If you like what we do here, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com, search up Fan of History. Check out our Facebook page, fan of history. Check out our regular Facebook episodes, but I try to keep these ones um, a little more geared to the layperson, where I don't assume people know everything that we're following along. But honestly, I think you could jump in. If you like ancient history, you could jump in on our narrative. We are, you know, we've been covering history starting from 1000 BC, and we're going forward in time, one decade at a time. So again, thanks to all the listeners, and cheers. <laughs>